Good morning. It's Friday, May 21st. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Duralino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. After 11 days of violence, Israel and Hamas have reached a ceasefire. Since the fighting began, at least 230 Palestinians have been killed, including 65 children. In Israel, 12 people were killed. President Biden confirmed the truce yesterday evening. I believe the Palestinians and Israelis equally deserve to live safely and securely and to enjoy equal measures of freedom, prosperity and democracy. He said the U.S. would help provide humanitarian aid to Gaza. Biden also said the U.S. would replenish Israel's missile defense system. According to NBC News, the U.S. gives Israel $3.8 billion a year in military aid. That's about a fifth of Israel's defense budget. NBC also reports on the rebuilding that will have to be done in Gaza. Hundreds of buildings have been damaged or destroyed. Homes, businesses, hospitals, schools. Medicine, clean water, and fuel are all in short supply. And tens of thousands of people in Gaza are now homeless. Several Middle East policy experts told NBC News they're concerned this truce won't last. They say the current agreement doesn't address the underlying tensions that led to recent fighting. One policy expert put it this way, a ceasefire is merely a return to the political status quo. If you or someone you know is trying to buy or sell a house right now, you've likely heard the stories about long lines around the block for open houses, right? Bidding wars breaking out 10, even 20 offers on a house. A couple of pieces we read recently really captured the moment, and they're sparking a lot of conversation. Yeah, one of those pieces is in the Wall Street Journal. You can read the story in the Apple News app or listen to it as a narrated article. It explains how bidding wars are now common outside of big city markets. In many cases, they're driven by out-of-town investors who are snapping up properties to rent them for a profit. And that's driving up prices for everyone else, making it harder for people who want to buy a home and, you know, actually live in it. The journal tells this story through a young couple who are struggling to find a simple place in the suburbs. Competition is so tough right now that buyers are trying to get an edge however they can. CNN reports on how one traditional technique is a bit risky these days. In the real estate business, they call it the love letter. You know how this is, right? The bidder might write a letter saying, hey, this is my spouse. Here's a picture of my very cute kids. We can imagine ourselves on Christmas morning spending it in front of your fireplace. You know, the letter is really meant to be a way of leaving a good impression on a seller. But it turns out these letters might put the seller in a position to violate the law. See, according to U.S. law, You cannot choose a buyer based on race, national origin, religion, sex, family status, or disability. If you do so, that's a form of housing discrimination. It's illegal. These love letters, they can get people in trouble because they tend to reveal a lot of this type of personal information. Now, many real estate agents say they won't deliver love letters anymore. The National Association of Realtors recently issued guidance saying these letters could put sellers and realtors in legal jeopardy. See, in theory, a bidder who loses out could claim the seller chose someone else because of their race or religion. And a love letter revealing those details could be evidence. 
Many real estate pros these days say their clients should not write or read love letters, which can introduce bias. Instead, they say, focus on the best offer. Obviously, price is the biggest thing, but financing terms are really important too. Their advice for everyone in the hot housing market, set your emotions aside and stick to the numbers. Pandemic restrictions are easing. Spring is in full swing. Feels good to step outside, get the sun on your face, hear the birds sing. But so often you look around and see trash all over the place. You thought it was just you. Nope. As Americans across the country start spending more time outside of their homes, they're noticing their neighborhoods are dirtier, a lot dirtier. Mm-hmm. Time magazine reports on what's going on nationally, and the numbers are dramatic. Just take Portland, Oregon. Last year, the city had to pick up more trash than in any other year on record. 3,000 tons. That's 50 percent more than the year before. They also saw a 300 percent increase in requests for trash pickups and graffiti removal. There are a lot of factors behind this uptick. First, people are simply generating more garbage than usual. They're buying a lot of single-use PPE, like gloves and masks. And they're getting more takeout from restaurants, which means more plastic forks and containers. So not only are we making more trash, but there aren't enough people to haul it away. Sanitation departments are struggling. Between budget cuts and workers getting COVID, many cities have had to cut back on trash pickups and street cleaning. Time explains all of this contributes to a vicious cycle where psychology plays a role. When people see litter on the ground, they're more likely to litter themselves. The result is more and more trash. But as vaccinations continue and COVID gets under control, things could get better. In the Italian Alps, there's this picturesque village. Tourists and hikers love it. The village inspired a book and even a Netflix series. But the catch is this town called Curon is usually impossible to visit. For decades, it's been underwater. It was evacuated and flooded in a dam project in the 50s. But now the lake has been drained while a reservoir is under repair. And the lost village is emerging and revealing its story. BBC News takes you there. We'll link to this article on our show notes page, and you're going to see really dramatic before and after pictures. For decades, all you could see was the top of a church steeple. It was peeking out from the waters. Eerily peaceful. Stunning, though. And now that the lake's been drained, people can see the rest of that church and the whole village. And in fact, they can walk around it. Photos shared on social media show the remains of stairs and archways and cellars. It's a little ghostly, but very cool. To see the photos for yourself, check out the story in the Apple News app. This could be your only chance to see it. Soon, they're going to flood Curon again, submerge the city back under that peaceful turquoise water. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out some of our audio stories. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Monday.